The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. And we are live to the W2M Network for the kickoff episode, Error 404. The members of the crew will understand that reference. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh. um, man, this has been good. one of those kind of nights, hasn't it, you gentlemen? Suck, yes, it has been. Big time. <laughs> my name, wow. my name is Harry Broadhurst. I am your host for the kickoff here on the W2M Network. Joining me, as per usual, my co-host Stephen Er the Third. What's up, everybody? And the returning pain in our backsides, Brandon Biscabing. Hey, it works that it's episode four since it's four oh four. It's episode four. I'm sorry. It, exactly. I, this is episode four dash oh four. All they need to know. <laughs> the man behind the ones and the twos helping us throughout out through conference call here is Sean Garmer. Hey, what's going on everybody? And joining us to participate in our big discussion this evening, as well as to chime in with his views and thoughts, is our traditional producer, Eric Watkins. Can we already call this the lost episode, if that's going to be the case? <laughs> what do you think about it? I like that idea. Yeah, that works. <laughs> and with that being said, now that everybody has been properly introduced, let's get into studs and duds. My dud is Brandon's laptop. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, that, that's a good one, yeah. Don't, don't worry, I will have something figured out for next week. But in all seriousness, gentlemen, let's start with our studs. I'm going to go first here. And my stud for this week is TCU running back Darius Anderson, 180 yards plus on the ground, three touchdowns, leading the Horned Frogs to a 44 31 victory over the then number six Oklahoma State Cowboys in Stillwater. Don't look now, guys. TCU's a threat to win the Big 12 this year. I mean... Yeah, but with you... Go ahead. I was just going to say, Sean said he wanted someone else other than Bedlam for a potential Big 12 title. He's getting his wish again, Sean. I, yeah, I with, with with Oklahoma State uh, losing, you know, Oklahoma is still the top team, uh, but now TCU starting to to make that run towards potentially being that number two. I would argue that as far as not wanting Bedlam to decide the Big 12, be careful what you wish for, because now we might have this league tossed into a complete and total cluster with everything that's going on with TCU. Steven, your thoughts? TCU is sure as impressing. They, they beat Arkansas with a 21-point fourth quarter, and then they go into Stillwater and knock off the six-point Cowboys. Well, I felt after, after – I felt if, they had, if Oklahoma had lost to Ohio State, Oklahoma State was going to win the Big 12. Now, with Oklahoma's loss to, still, to TCU and Oklahoma still being undefeated, that's not looking good. Yeah, I mean, this is 
I mean, yes, TCO had a very impressive performance this week, but especially now with both TCU and Oklahoma State having a loss, this is Oklahoma's conference to lose. Yeah, it, it, it's a wonder because now, keep in mind, with the way that this conference schedule goes, everybody plays everybody. So for you for to beat Oklahoma, you really are not looking at having to beat them once. You're looking at having to do it twice. The way they're rolling right now, I don't see that happening. Yeah. And especially after beating, I mean, Ohio State, maybe not as good as some people predicted going into the season, but still a very good team. With them being Ohio State, you know that's that's what that is a huge win. All right, we move on, and my gut for the week is Miami Dolphins running back Jay Ajayi. This is a man who had back-to-back 200-yard rushing leagues weeks in the NFL last season, becoming the first running back ever to do so. Playing those J E T S S, screw it. Ajayi manages 11 carries and 16 yards. On the plus side, on the plus side though, that is double what Zeke had against the Broncos. Yeah, I I think you can basically say the entire Dolphins team is a dud for this week. How do you lose to the Jets and put up a big old goose egg? Well, I mean, they did score six points. Oh, wait, yes, you're correct. They did score six. Yeah, but the Jets scoring 20. Jay Cutler, it... There are just no words. None. None. Well, it's Jay Cutler. What do you expect? Actually, there are are words to describe the situation. I believe Chicago fans at this point are going, nana, nana (laughs) boo-boo. All right, Brandon, you're up. Studs and duds, hit me. My stud for this week is Josh Rosen from UCLA quarterback. Uh, almost throwing 500 yards against Stanford. And my dud, sticking along the same lines, is the UCLA defense. You, Your quarterback threw 500 yards, you score over 40 points, and you still lose. How does that work? I tell you how that works. Your defense sucks. Yeah, you weren't here last week. Um, we did our traditional segments last week, and it was yours truly that told the UCLA defense to get it together. Well, yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, that, about that. That didn't work. No, no, it They didn't. floundered a 500-yard passing game, which does not happen very often. Welcome to the Pac-12. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I, I, I thought that was the Big 12 that was the high scoring. The Pac-12 uh, has their moments too. <laughs> Welcome to the Pac-12, where the points are made up and defenses don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Steven, you're up. Hit me. Studs and duds. Well, my stud for the week is Bears running back Jordan Howard. 
he had not just one but two game-winning touchdowns against the Steelers in overtime. Unfortunately, the first one was called back due to penalty, but on the very next play, he did it once again, run to the Steelers' defense, winning the game for the Bears. My dud is Vanderbilt. They were talking about the whole week, how they wanted Bama. And they got Bama. 59 No, did they ever. <laughs> oh, can I can I put an honorable mention dud in? Well, let's let Eric finish first, and then uh, he can okay. put in an honorable mention. Okay. Uh, in regards to... Uh, in regards to your comment about uh, Vanderbilt there, Stephen, yeah, that's a case of be careful what you wish for. Exactly. And I say this as a Gators fan who has seen his team get smoked by them in back-to-back SEC title games. This Bama team is scary good. Well, this is why they're number one in the country. And this kind of comforts me a little bit because – I have one more reason to go on my tirade against a certain goings-on in Nashville because this just shows Vanderbilt winning the SEC East. I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I, I still reiterate, do to do to do go Gators. But at this point, i got to take it. I'm not going to hear the end of it, but i got to take it. 31 in a row over Kentucky. Gators moved to 2-0 and in the SEC. I'll take it. I mean, granted, it's 2-0 and in the SEC by a combined total of, like, seven points. But, hey, win is a win is a win is a win. Hey, Eric, who are your studs and duds for the week? Well, keeping with the mostly running back theme, yeah, I'm going to go a little homer on this one. My stud, Miami running back Mark Walton, 11 carries. Just 11 carries, 204 yards, and a touchdown in a bit of an up-and-down win over Toledo. But in the end, we still got the style points, winning 52-30, to so I'll take it. And going across the pond, my dud for the week, especially because he made me look terrible on multiple fronts, Joe Flacco. Yes, I get you have to make a five-hour flight, but that's no excuse for only going 8 of 18 for 28 yards and two interceptions and getting pulled against the soon-to-be London Jaguars. (laughs) I mean, really? 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 Oh, God. Jesus. I called that game being a lot. Mine's a 44-7. I just had the wrong team winning. Hold on. You have the wrong dud here, clearly. The dud is the Ravens' defense. You allowed Blake Bortles <laughs> hey, to hey. throw three touchdowns <laughs> to Mercedes <laughs> Lewis. What is wrong with you? <laughs> what? Sean? I, don't, I don't know. And I Sean? had enough faith in them to start them on one of my fantasy teams. How do you think I feel? And I was actually awake for that disaster. No mimosas, thanks to nobody wanting to contribute for it. Last time I call out anybody on Twitter again. <laughs> I just give up. I give up. I had to sit through that and be sober as well. <laughs> um, Sean? What? Stepping on toes already. That's all I'm going to say about what. <laughs> a little later in the show. 
there was a very specific reason I asked Eric not to mention the Jacksonville or the Baltimore defense. Oh, oh well. You'll be all right. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, he won't. (laughs) Fight you. (laughs) Uh, Brady, you had an honorable mention. Yes, I had an honorable mention, Dud. The very brilliant Bears defender after that blocked kick who decides to casually try to walk into the end zone on a block kick return touchdown and gets the ball booted out of his hand for his for his efforts. Yes, they still got a field goal because of the because of the rule, but they should have had seven. Uh, Marcus Cooper Letts is his name. Yes, Leon Marcus Cooper. What? Leon Letting is his game. Oh, yes, <laughs> Leon Letting is his game, precisely. I, 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 well, I had the intention of using this as our oddball story of the week, and so that happened but you weren't in the Skype chat to have that conversation, so congratulations for making me have to find something else now. Thanks, Jordan. I appreciate it. Hey, that could be a segue into it. Isn't that next? It actually is now that we're all done with our studs and duds. Hold on. We have to give an honorary stud because everybody in the chat was going, oh, he's in a sophomore slump. He's in a sophomore slump. Well, take that with your three touchdowns. To win the game for the Dallas Cowboys. I just want to say that. Uh. (laughs) The homerism is real on this show. Speak for yourselves. I I was rooting for the boy. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm I'm just saying. I I wasn't. Denver made him their bitch. Fair enough. They they exposed how to beat Prescott. Unfortunately, Arizona didn't watch the game film. Well, I mean, remember they almost Arizona almost got into a tie with Indianapolis. Okay, (laughs) that's that's fair, actually. (laughs) All right. So as Brandon as Brandon mentioned, uh, so that happened is up next, and congratulations, Marcus Cooper. You're a dumbass. How do you how do you get Leon leaded when you're half Leon size? Not to mention he basically walked into he tried to walk into the end zone from like the ten yard line, thus giving the defenders a chance to catch up to him. It was just mind boggling to watch. I saw it live too. And this is a Pittsburgh team that actually has a lot of speed on it. It's a team I unfortunately have to watch on a regular basis due to the fact that I'm in their market. But this is a team that has a deceptive amount of speed on it, and I want to say it was one of the backup wide receivers that actually caught him. I think so as well. I, for whatever reason, Myrtle Beach is a Steelers uh, area, so I get a lot of Steelers games here as well. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, Myrtle Beach, I guess that's where a lot of the transplants hang out at. So, I don't know. Um, Brandon, I'm sorry in advance for this. I know what's coming. Yes, well, you should. 
Uh, Jake from State Farm Elliot. <laughs> no? Okay, moving on. Memphis, whoa, whoa. Uh, we, were, we, were, we were wondering if he was wearing khakis. That's that's what it was. <laughs> Uh, Philadelphia Eagle rookie kicker Jake Elliott, he of the Memphis Tigers, because there are so many Tigers in college football, pretty much every conference has one, kicks a 61-yard game-winning field goal as time expires to knock Brandon's beloved Giants to 0-3. Uh, I'm sorry, Brandon. You can't be mad when a kid makes a 60-yarder to win a game to be Yeah, yeah. I mean... I mean, to be fair, the Giants didn't really even deserve to win that game anyway. But they you did know. not at all. They, I believe, they were shut out for the first three quarters. It was fourteen yes. nothing after yes. three. Yes, and then they, they came were. alive in the fourth quarter. So that is not. A, I mean, I'll, I picked the Giants to win the division at eleven five. They're already at zero three, and this team does not play like an eleven five team. Something has got to give eventually. I'm sure. They need to trade for a for a better offensive lineman. This team is playing like a five and eleven team right now. Yeah. Yeah. So so much for them being a wild card. Although, and I know that this is going to come up, we did get a very colorful celebration from Odell Beckham Jr. Although <laughs> I have to admit, looking back at it, there was one key thing missing. By all means, Eric, take us through. Okay, so Odell Beckham Jr., after he makes one of his classic touchdown catches, decides that in the end, along the back of the end zone, he's going to walk the dog. So he's going down, he's on all fours, he's got everything going right, and then after about mm, five, six feet, goes ahead and lifts his leg. Now, to me, I'm thinking, if you're going to walk the dog, you've got to do that just to do it right. However, looking back, and yes, 15-yard penalty and everything aside, there was one thing that would have made it perfect. Had another player come along and acted as a fire hydrant. I mean, <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. did his job. Why couldn't anyone else step up and be the fire hydrant? I mean, or at least, use the, at least use the pylon as a fire hydrant. Exactly! Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's a better idea, but I think he's the. Uh, I don't think anybody wants to be peed on. The work. I mean, hey, hey, talk to the man in the White House right now, all right? Oh, wow. We are not getting political on this show. I was going to make an R. Kelly joke instead. <laughs> That's just as bad. No, it's not. <laughs> Ask Dave Chappelle whether it's just as bad, because Chappelle turned it into comedy gold. Well, it's not just, well, actually, of course it's not just as bad. In R. Kelly's case, it was just a lot cheaper. <laughs> I, I have no words to respond to that, so I'm just going to move on. <laughs> we're moving on, and we're going to talk about... Let's talk about the SEC, gentlemen. <laughs> and specifically, I want to talk about Kirby Smart and the 4-0 Georgia Bulldogs. Called it. I am 
I am the first person to admit I am a massive Gators fan. I have made no secret about this. Not at all. The world's largest outdoor cocktail party is going to decide the SEC East this year. There is no doubt in my mind. Man, I'm going to have to get tickets and go this year. (laughs) And I can't lie. Part of me actually would not mind seeing Georgia and Alabama just to see Kirby go up against Nick Saban. Mm, It would give me another excuse to wear all red. Or my red and black outfit. Yep, yep. I need to get some tickets. (laughs) You can go all you want to, just know that Florida's winning. That's all you need to know. Uh, sure, sure. <laughs> let's, let's, let's think that, shall we? Whatever helps you sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> Says the guy whose team was losing to Toledo at halftime. Moving hey, on. Hey, hey, you try playing after three weeks off, thank you very much. You know what, that's actually a very valid point in a conversation I've had with multiple other people, and it actually ties me into another team that I want to talk about here, and so that happened. And that is the other famous school down in Florida, excluding Miami of Florida and the University of Florida itself, and that would be the 0-2 Florida State Seminoles. Oh, come on. You're, you're discounting the guy that has a segment on this show. His school is not a- you know, famous? We're talking about him when we get to his segment. Hush you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so 0-2 for Florida State, the first time since 1989. The last time they started 0-2, they proceeded to win their last 10 games, including their bowl game and finish with a 10-2 and record. Uh, this Florida State team doesn't have that kind of talent. But do we still think that they could be a factor in the Atlantic Division of the ACC? No. No, 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 no. I'm trying to remember who else is in. No, is they Clemson got him in Miami. Louisville. Is Clemson and Louisville in there? Yeah, then no, they, they don't. They haven't played Clemson no. yet? No. No. It's going to be a toss-up between Clemson and Louisville. Well, Clemson already smoked Louisville earlier this season by 26, so. Yeah, yeah so Clemson got it. Yeah, no! Clemson's guy in the bag. I, I, I don't know if I'd be so quick to rush to judgment on that one, gentlemen, and I'll talk about that a little bit later on in this show. Uh, Steven, your thoughts on where Florida State goes from here? Oh, God, as I'm looking at their schedule right now, you got, they got Wake Forest this weekend. That's a win. But the next three games, it's over. Miami, at Duke, Louisville, ouch. That is going to be a brutal three weeks for Florida State Seminoles fans. But I know Eric is looking forward for the, for the, um, the Hurricanes beating the Seminoles in Tallahassee for the first time since uh, – how long has it been, Eric? Oh, wow. I don't think it's been since Wide Right 2. It, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since Miami's won in Tallahassee. This year, they're winning in Tallahassee. I would make the argument that Florida State needs to be on the lookout for Wake Forest this year, who has started the season 4-0 themselves. Yeah, but it's Wake Forest. I mean, it's Wake Forest, on. yeah, I'm not. No. This, it, it, isn't it, this, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't this a Wake Forest team that has beaten Florida State recently? I'm almost certain it was a Thursday night game on ESPN a couple of years ago that Wake Forest beat Florida State. And what have they done since? I mean, to <laughs> reference 89, 
You know who won the ACC title in 1989? Duke, under the old ball coach himself. There's reasons why things don't happen very frequently, especially in this conference. All right, fair enough. I mean, we'll see what happens. I still think Florida State can give them a game this Sunday or this Saturday. Excuse me. Mm, I uh, as much as I would love Wake Forest to trounce them, I I think Florida State is going to get off the schneid. Now, granted, they could just as likely finish four and eight, but they've got some pride left in them. Yeah, I see four and eight. I see them winning four games. Wake Forest at Boston College, host Syracuse, host Delaware State. That's that's it. Well, I appreciate you saying that that Florida is going to beat them. Oh yeah, that's full Florida. Florida is going to beat them for sure. It's in it's in the swamp too, so that's home field advantage, and that's another big factor. Yeah, that didn't mean anything two years ago. They came into the swamp and kicked our. Oh, that was James Winston. That was. Now it's freshman okay. uh, Justin Blackman. I think his name is. I don't even know his name. James Blackman. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't Justin Blackman uh, on yeah, he's, he's uh, Oklahoma he's State? State? Yeah, he's the Jets. Yes, yes, Oklahoma State, and I technically was with the Jaguars. It, oh God, that's, that's the one, isn't it? Blackmon, B L A C K M O N. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, something that we were kind of talking about before we came on the air, and this is the only NFL topic we will touch on here in So That Happened, is Deshaun Watson giving his first game check to the Houston Texan workers who have lost stuff inside of the damage caused by Hurricane Harvey. Class act here by Deshaun. Oh, yeah, Very class act. Very even though he's making good money as a rookie to do something like that, step up and already embrace his new community, especially at such a really crucial time, that, that's what you want athletes and team leaders to really do. So, mad props to him. Much respect. Yeah, great way to endear himself to the, the fan base. No doubt. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tom Savage, talk to your travel agent. You're not going to be there much longer. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you go on. Let's talk about the other quarterback who made a bold statement of donation of wealth as well here, since we kind of touched on the kicker in question earlier. NFL mic'd up actually caught Carson Wentz saying that if Elliott hit the game-winning field goal that he did against the Giant, he would give Jake Elliott his game paycheck. Hmm. Considering the fact that a Carson Wentz game paycheck is about how much Jake Elliott's probably making for his rookie deal, what are the odds that Carson kind of tries to skid out on this one? Hey, hey, (laughs) if someone on a live mic and it's made public that they're going to hook you up with $356,000, I would go right up into him and say, hey, Carson, where my money? Yeah, really. (laughs) They would turn into Brian and Stewie from Family Guy. Got my money, man? Got my money? (laughs) Where's my money? 
<laughs> All right, do we have anything else that we want to touch on in the news section here? Uh, yeah, I actually do want to talk about something. It's very, very small, but Maryland freshman quarterback Kasim Hill, I'm pretty sure I said his name wrong, out for the season with a torn ACL. I'm not a Maryland fan. I'm not from Maryland, but that hurts because they were doing so well with him at quarterback. And I had I had that game against Ohio State as a blockbuster game to watch. Now, RIP Maryland season. It's over. Yeah, this is a Maryland team who everybody was jumping on their bandwagon when they beat Texas, and I proceeded to say it's Maryland. They're lower tier in the Big Ten, and then this past weekend yeah. they got blown out by UCF. I'd like to point out that's after Kasim Hill tore his ACL. That's when, after he left the game. That's when they got blown out by US UCF. I didn't think Maryland. I didn't think Maryland was anything more than a six-win team, anyway. Honestly. Yeah, I didn't Maybe really see Maryland as much. Especially when you get into Big Ten play, look at who they face. You've got Michigan, you've got Ohio State, Penn State. You're extremely unlucky to be in the Big Ten East. I mean, not that being in the ACC these days would do them any favors either. True. But they definitely got the short end of the stick here. Much the same way that everybody says the SEC West is the superior subdivision in the SEC. I don't think there's any question that in the Big Ten it's the East. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen, time to get serious. Boy. I'm trying to figure out how to tiptoe around this as best as I can, and frankly, I don't think there is a way to tiptoe around it, so we might as well just do it. Today's episode of the kickoff is actually subtitled The Elephant in the Room, despite the error for error 404 jokes at the start of the show. And the reason we're calling this episode The Elephant in the Room is because we're not doing buy or sell to this week. Instead, we feel the need to publicly address our stance on the goings-on in regards to the situations with the ownerships and the players and even to an extent the presidency of this country and his attempted involvement in the world of professional sports and football specifically. This all dates back to to two years ago with Colin Kaepernick. And now that Colin Kaepernick made the stand that Kaepernick made, more and more athletes have been doing the same to stand up for what they feel is social social injustices towards people of non-Caucasian backgrounds. Specifically in Kaepernick's people, in Kaepernick's case, it was people of color. As we talked about a little bit earlier, our president, and I use the term loosely, came out and stated that Kaepernick was a, quote, son of a bitch, and that the people needed to stand for the anthem. This is coming from a guy who can't even put his heart over for the anthem himself, his hand over his heart for the anthem himself. I digress. In regards to the situation here, I think that they're not protesting the flag. They're not protesting the military that the flag represents. They're not protesting the men and women who are sacrificing everything and those who have sacrificed everything for what that flag represents. The people that are, stand, that are kneeling or in some cases outright sitting or in the case of the Pittsburgh Steelers this past Sunday not even leaving their walker room with one major exception – and I'll talk about Alejandro Villanueva a little bit later on in this episode. 
they are expressing their displeasure with the injustices that have gone on towards members members of the African American, Hispanic, and other minority communities in this country through the basis of their treatment via um, police forces, SWAT forces, various other various other people, and people who have felt empowered by the fact that somebody like with the opinions of a guy like Donald Trump is currently in the White House. I am of the firm opinion that is one of the reasons that the, the America is the greatest country in the world is because we have the ability to stand up for what we believe in and to sit down for what we believe in as well. It has absolutely nothing to do with the men and the women who are making the sacrifices and those who have made the ultimate sacrifices. This, way is, this is their way of stating that the colors that are flying are supposed to represent everybody, not just a specific few. It's almost similar, in my opinion, to the black power hand symbol that was put up by the athletes inside of the 1968 Olympic Games. And in that extent, it's such a divisive issue that you're finding more and more people starting to get indignant about this. You're finding more and more people just starting to step up and state their opinion here. Live and let live. If they feel the need to protest it, as long as they're not violently protesting, let them have their opinions. Let them have their peace. America's going to move on, and frankly, we're going to move on whether we're fractured through this or not. So it's best for us all to come to an understanding that we all have our own beliefs and opinions and respect everybody as such. Stephen, the elephant in the room is yours. I don't like that we're bringing politics into sports at all. And I feel like if if a players want to do, you know, stuff like this, they want to take action, they want to do any of that, they should not they shouldn't do it during the game. They should do it off the field. Because when, when I've heard someone talk about this how we we use sports as an escape. And now the politics are well, the president I feel is bringing this politics into sports. There's no more escape because now we're stuck with having politics and sports, and there's all these things that we have to worry about and all this other stuff. I, I'm just not a fan of politics being in sports, and and the president is. I feel the president is to blame for this. Any opinions on the topic itself, as far as what the athletes have done or are doing? Well, they're. I definitely like. They are definitely standing up for what they believe in, and they have the right to. So nobody should be mad at, about, at them about it. I just feel like they shouldn't be doing it on the field. They should be doing stuff like this off the field. Elaborate. What do you mean? You know, take action off the field. They're not during the game, but after the game, before or days before the game or something. Like, I want, when I want to watch, when I watch my sports, I don't want to have with political issues like kneeling during the national anthem or starting during the anthem. Like, I don't want to have to deal with any watching any of that. Well, the problem is when you have the platform, you have to stand for those that can't. And that's what they're doing. That's that's Colin Kaepernick's whole deal yeah. is that he is able, as a NFL player, to stand for something and show what he means by it. And then, the, you know, a lot of other players in the league were doing it. The problem is, you know, the president then brought it and made it personal for the league, not just calling Kaepernick that name, basically calling any player 
that dared Neil an SOB as well. And, you know, you basically just told you told that whole league, well, okay, we're all going to kneel now. And now yeah, this and, is going to be a thing every week probably. And not only that, he basically tried to infringe upon the NFL by saying you should fire everyone who kneels. And the, the thing about this, um, in regards to, you know, yes, it, yes, you would like, in an ideal world, you would like them not to have to do it, you know, during a game time. You'd like them to be able to do it in a more meaningful way. But as we see, both on a positive and on a negative level, most of the time, what, when players do something off the field, yeah, it may get a little bit of coverage, but more often than not, it gets just thrown by the wayside. No one really pays attention to it. The only time it gets brought up is when it's Man of the Year award time. That's pretty much yeah. it. And, and the other thing about it, which is a big irony that I've brought up in the past in conversations in regards to this, is in the past, when players have done something wrong, one of the big things that ever, that people going against them and saying you shouldn't do that have said, one of the big talking points have been, oh, you're supposed to be a role model. You're supposed to be setting an example for the kids and, and things like that. But then when they try to do just that, when they try to stand up for themselves, and try to do something good, then it's suddenly, oh, you should only pay attention to sports. You shouldn't be doing this. You should only so be a, a role model. So it's a lose-lose situation. You should only be a role model when you're, advocate, when you're advocating towards the mainstream opinion of this country, apparently. Exactly. And they the they, they want to create more sheep. That's all they want. And the fact of the matter is, is the fact that a lot of these people's, the mainstream opinion being what it is about the fact that these guys kneeling is somehow disrespectful towards the military, somehow disrespectful towards those who have given their lives for this country. Ask anybody their opinions on that topic, and they'll tell you it has nothing to do with the military. No. It has everything to do with the social justices that people of their races, people of their religions, people of their beliefs are facing. It doesn't have anything to do with the men and women who have put on the uniform and served this country. I and, personally, and I take no issue with anybody raising issues, raising awareness to social issues and social no. injustices. The, I might, the only I myself, if just real quick, Brandon. Yeah. I myself, if I'm at a sporting event, I will stand and I will put my hand on my heart for the for the playing of the national anthem. But that is my personal opinion to do so, and I will not disrespect anybody who chooses not to. Much the same way we saw with those fans. At the Detroit Lions game, and I felt the need to bring this up here because it just came to my mind. This is a perfect example of what's wrong with people, of the fans at the Detroit Lions game sitting in in solidarity with their with their team members who also decided to kneel or take a seat during the pledge, and somebody decided to post a picture of them sitting in the seats and tag it with a racial slur that I will not repeat, but begins with the letter N. And that's exactly the problem is, and I mean, while I don't think that they should stop and, and you know, 
keep continuing doing this just keeps on bringing more awareness to it. The the problem that I see with it is instead of this protest bringing things to light and getting a good conversation going about the issues that they are directly protesting, it's and I think this is also in as a result of the the way the election went and it be, and Trump getting in office and all of this, mm-hmm. but it's it's bringing out the bad eggs in society and and bringing them to the forefront, and they're using this as a way to attack these players and attack people of their race instead of actually trying to get a dialogue going. It's emboldening people whose prior prejudice has already existed. Yeah, exactly. but that, hap- that happens people... with any, anything, though. That happens with anything. Anytime there's a negative thing, those emboldened people come out. That's not just this situation. That happened with the but thing But I feel like it's dying worse. No, but that's going to happen, though. I'm just saying the yeah. th- that happened with the thing in Charlottesville. That happened with other oh, things. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. Like... That's going to happen. People are going to all of a sudden feel like they can buck up and, and say, you know, it's like uh, Greg Popovich said that he talked to a, he, a NASCAR owner was exactly saying the same things Trump said and that he was ready to have a bus ready for any member of his team that felt the need to kneel and, and whatever else. And it's like he was sitting there going, I can't believe there's people like this in this country. But the fact that's the thing you have to make somebody uncomfortable and you have to deal with people emboldening themselves to get the conversation going and, and get something done. Whether it ends up happening or not, that's that's beyond our control. This is bigger than the sport of football and, and any sport for that matter because now it's starting to get into other sports. And, and you know, that, that's the problem at the end of the day. If the, when the, Before the president spoke, this was starting to become – Sort of almost a thing that was happening, but it was being mentioned, but it was starting to become like on the ticker of ESPN instead of the forefront. Now it, yeah, went it was starting straight to fade away. right back to being yeah. the big deal. The and, you know, th- this is what I would say, Eric, you know, you haven't gotten to talk yet is isn't this on the TV networks at some point to go, you know what, how we solve this? We don't put this on TV anymore. Well, and I will say, to kind of go into my point, you're exactly right. There's a few things that I see going on with this. Now, to add my personal injection to begin with, I am a minority. My father's side is various Caribbean descent. And on my mother's side, there is Native American. So there's that. My personal experience, while I have had positive interactions with law enforcement, I've also had some pretty uncomfortable negative reactions. I've been questioned for things that I've had nothing to do with simply because I was there and trying to get answers. I had a police officer go almost out of his way just to run my plates while I was driving home from work a few days ago. I've been through these sorts of injustices to an extent firsthand. While I'm fortunate that I'm still here 
on this earth to talk to you about it, and many countless others aren't, it still happens. Now, to go about the issue of it being on TV, you can blame the government. The Department of the Defense worked out a deal with the National Football League in 2009, injecting millions, if not billions of dollars to have the anthem on TV, to have the big displays of the flag, to make the league seem more patriotic in light of the wars, which I'm not even going to bother to go into. And the first thing for the first weekend of games after 9-11, which I was right up in Maryland for, not far from Andrews Air Force Base, not far from the Pentagon, I heard fighter jets flying overhead at my school as things were going on. When the NFL came back, it was all about patriotism. Then that went away for eight years. And even with the origin of these protests, very few people remember Colin Kaepernick originally sat down One of his teammates, who was a friend and also ex-military, said, hey, there's a better way to do this. They had a long conversation, and that's what led to taking the knee to begin with, which, amongst the military, is the ultimate sign of respect because they kneel in front of their fallen brothers in battle. So no matter what these athletes say and do in a lot of these situations because they make millions of dollars or on TV, networks fight for these big deals. They're in a big position. And I've said this on past podcasts. This is really the only time that they have the best platform to even do anything to open the dialogue. Now, to those that tweeted the picture with the racial slur for the Detroit fans sitting, and for those on Monday Night Football in the stands that were booing when the Cowboys locked arms and took a knee even before the national anthem, Jerry Jones going against his own policy, in a sense, to do that, this shows what's wrong. And it's really kind of sad because politics is intertwined with sports for God knows how long. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. we The man who's in the Oval Office right now, this isn't his first time running as president. He actually tried to organize a campaign back in 2000 as a member of the Reform Party. And we all remember his time owning the New Jersey Generals of the United States Football League. And he even tried unsuccessfully to purchase the Buffalo Bills. So in hearing these words of a man who only shows loyalty to himself, the dollar, and a rabid fan base that will say or do anything, including hanging people from trees... This has to stop. So for any player, any person, whether you stand, which I do, whether you put your hand over your heart, which I don't, whether you say a prayer, 
whether you bow your head, whether you sit, whether you kneel, we all have those rights as Americans. And we need to find people that will be more American than the man who says a group of people carrying tiki torches and inciting violence is nice people, where another group of people who mind their own business in some sense risk their lives for the sport that they love and do countless acts of kindness and effort for their communities without a second thought. Our SOBs and their mothers with what they go through in some situations just to get their children to this platform, this is what our country has devolved to. And maybe that these are the players and this is the time where we need to evolve again. I'm completely for it. And to Titans wide receiver Rashawn Matthews, who come out and said he will continue to kneel until the man apologizes, I applaud you too. I applaud everyone. Let's make this uncomfortable. Let's do something that we can actually be the city on the hill, be the country that so many other countries look up to. The slogan was, make America great again. Let's start now. The thoughts that I am about to share do not represent the WTORM network. They do not represent any of my co-hosts. I am stating them in and of myself for the fact that I feel that this needs to be said. President Trump, when it comes to matters of sport, regardless of be they regards to people turning down your invitations to come to the White House or you're giving your opinion so callously about a group of people who are who are standing up for for the sorry I'm so flustered with what I'm trying to say here it's giving okay. your opinion so callously towards a group of people who are standing up for what they feel are injustices towards people of either their own race or people of friends of other races, Mr. President, shut the fuck up. I just want to say one more thing in regards to this. Well, two more things. For one, like Eric said, this has been sport. For all the people who say, oh, politics and sports have never meshed like this before, yes, that may be true that it's never been this rampant, but just look at things like Jesse Owens during the 1936 Olympics, Jackie mm-hmm. Robinson, uh, you know, Hank Aaron. A ton of situations have occurred in this country where things like this have happened and have forced a political discussion through sports. Let this be another moment like that. And another thing. For all the people who say, oh, it's a disrespect to the flag and the flag code and all of this, if you read it, there should not be American T-shirts and American American flag T-shirts, American flag shorts, American flag whatever 
those things are against the flag code as well. Are you going to demonize those as well? Either you have it all or you have nothing. Oh, of course they won't because they can't make money off of people kneeling against the flag. So, no. You know. and, and, well, of course not. Well, speaking of making and, money, I wanted to ask this question, though, Eric, of or to all you guys. Like, now the people are, are wanting to cancel their Sunday tickets and, and all this other stuff because, oh, it's infringing on them watching the game. and Which I don't get at all. I, I, if do you, if do you, you were a real DirecTV NFL being, fan... Well, hold on. Them, They're going to do that because they want money, number one. Do you think DirecTV is, are being wimps? Yes. Or are, are DirecTV correctly honoring them by allowing them to have refunds because I, I don't see how this 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 didn't stop the game from being played if you choose to no. not watch the game because of something that happens before the game they shouldn't be giving you a refund you weren't That's, a real fan to begin with no and that's my opinion and i'm gonna flat out say this so you have teams not go to the white house and I personally wouldn't if given the opportunity. You have teams standing into the, in their locker rooms before the anthem, as they have every right to. Sean, you have it perfect. The games are still being played. Now, DirecTV, you want to be a monopoly? You really want to have a seat at the table of communications? Because let's face it. You merge with AT&T. You want to be this. You want to go up against Google. You want to go up against Xfinity. Here we are in a capitalistic society. This is exactly where we've gone to. Okay. You really want a seat? Why are you caving to a non-existent public pressure? These, fam these people wouldn't get together necessarily sue you. And if they did, you would win because the NFL and all these other leagues would say, you're still playing the games. You got to sit and see every single game, Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. If you don't like just a percentage of players showing their rights, then do like I do during the National Anthem. Change your channel. Yeah, Wait, I don't even... And then come back. Yeah. I've I paid more attention to the National Anthem this week just to see what was going to happen than I ever have before a football game. I'm also so of the I. opinion that... I'm also of the opinion that all these people that are complaining about these players taking a knee are probably the same people sitting at home on their couches while the anthems are being played themselves. Yep. They really have no room to talk. Yep. Drinking beer and doing whatever. Yeah, going to the bathroom, you know, doing other stuff that has nothing to do with being I in have, front of the TV. I have no issues with public protest here. It raises awareness. It's one of the foundations of our society. I don't see the big deal about players protesting. I feel like it's completely within their constitutional rights to do so, just like it is within your constitutional right to disagree with me. Absolutely. Exactly. And the fact that it's on a public platform – and it's peaceful. Like Dale Earnhardt Jr. quoted from John F. Kennedy, 
going up against really a NASCAR legend in Richard Petty who shared his opinions. Those that make peaceful protests impossible make violent protests inevitable. Yep. And I'm personally, after seeing Baltimore, after seeing Ferguson, I don't want to see that again. I've seen too much as is. We are the United States of America. It's time to start acting like it. Exactly. And we have many more things to worry about with not just dozens, but now millions of American citizens that are coming to us for help. That needs to be our focus instead of several dozen players. Um, well, really I mean, by the president. fact that our president still can't shut up today, talking about how if the NFL doesn't change its business, it's going to go out of business. Obviously, we're not going to become a United States of America again until he's no longer the president. So, yes. Agreed. Yeah. And oh, by the way, overnight ratings compared to this time last year, up 3%. So, uh, we even failing at Let's season. see next week when people aren't raring to want to watch the national anthem. I would I would also state in regards to that if anybody would know what things are going out of business, you know. <laughs> I mean, hey, it takes a lot of skill to bankrupt a casino. I'm just saying. At the end of the day, he's just mad that the USFL didn't work out. That's his whole thing. And it, and it was his fault. Yep. And he's mad because if – and I will say this. I will bet my house if the opportunity that were presented to him to trade everything he's got to be one of those 32 National Football League owners. Oh, in a heartbeat. He, he would take it. He would, yeah. resign, he would resign tomorrow. In a heartbeat. (laughs) All right, gentlemen. I feel like we could do the rest of the show on this topic, but I believe we've given it enough attention for now. Um, If you guys have any questions for us, you can find us online on Facebook over at uh, Wrestling to the Max. If you guys want to start a dialogue over there, by all means, feel free to do so. I look forward to interacting with you all. I know I'm a member of the group online. I know Brandon as well. I'm sure Stephen and Eric and obviously Sean's in charge. So he would be one of the other guys there. If you guys want to continue this discussion in a peaceful manner over on the Wrestling to the Max Facebook group, then by all means, I encourage you guys to do so. But I do feel like we do have to move on because we have other stuff to get to today. Agreed. All right, let's do it. All right, let's move on and get back into the general silliness that this show is more traditionally known for, and let's go to get it together. And to me, I actually kind of talked about them earlier. I'm going to stand by it. I think the team that needs to get it together the most right now is Florida State. How? How? How do you let North Carolina State come to Tallahassee and beat you? Look, I get freshman, redshirt freshman starting quarterback. I get that. But here's the thing. He had three weeks to get ready for this game knowing they weren't going to play Miami. You had three weeks to prepare and study game flow in North Carolina State knowing that you would have the advantage of A, being at home in front of your fans in Doak Walker and B, having 
your team well rested if this is North Carolina State's fourth game on the season and only your second. How does what happened Saturday happen if you're a Florida State Seminole? Look, as an unabashed Gators fan, I think it's hilarious that the Seminoles suck, but it makes it less fun. Backup quarterback's yeah, first game. I, I, I got to say, as a Hurricanes fan, it breaks my heart a little bit because I want to beat a good Florida State team. I don't want to beat this. <laughs> hey, Brandon. Yeah? Get it together. My get it together, I'm trying to remember who I said. I was going to pull it up. Defense? Baltimore, yes. Yes, Baltimore. Which is why Sean stepped all over your toes earlier yes. on in the show. Yes, yes. Baltimore. How do you lose to Jacksonville? Yes, I know this isn't the Baltimore defense of old, but still, come on. Jacksonville? Really? Blake Bortles? Get it together. Steven, get it together. I, I, Harry took mine out. Well, first of all, I'm going to go back to Harry's point. How do you let NC State come and Tallahassee and win? Uh, NC State's a good team. They almost beat Clemson last year in Clemson, and they beat a good Notre Dame team last year in a heavy downpour game. But um, anyway, get it together. Let's see. Uh, Carolina, the Panthers. Oh, you got this great quarterback. Oh, Cam Newton's so awesome. No, Cam Newton, Cam Newton is mediocre. If you take away 2015, he is a really, really bad quarterback. And with the team that he has, and I said this on another show, there is no excuse for Carolina not to do well. So, Carolina Panthers, get it together, why don't you? Yeah, that is a good one. Eric. You you know, this is a team that I had slightly above average hopes for. I mean, you're facing an opponent that just went out west and got rolled against a journeyman quarterback who's played for just about every team in the league. You made a big splash signing to try to rescue your season. The Miami Dolphins. I get it's a divisional game. I get it's a long-time rivalry. I don't care. You don't go ahead and do... Would you did your first game of the season and have everybody finally started to tout you and saying, hey, this whole thing can work, and then lose 20-6 to to the New York Jets, scoring your touchdown on the last play of the game. Your defense was horrible. Smoking Jay Cutler. It probably had a couple extra cigarettes or laid on the couch too long before this game because he had a classic off day. I mean, really? You're, you're supposed to be better than this. That, that, Miami, for, for my own sake, get it together. That That's why I said I thought they laid a goose egg earlier because they should have. They got lucky on that play at, at the very last minute. Yeah, it, 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 it pains you when Josh McCown outplays you. I had to sit and feel with him even here in Jacksonville. Josh <laughs> McCown? 
Mister, he, he like I'm one... going to lead the franchise history in preseason passing yards. Preseason. Isn't he like one of 27 different people to start for the Browns over the last decade, too? Yes. Yep. I was about to say, he played pretty well for the Browns. Come on, get, let's give him yeah, a break. He did, he did pretty good. Define pretty good for the Browns. Plus, he had that, that year fair. with the Bears where Cutler got hurt, and he played well. Okay, you know who else had a great year for the Bears? Kyle Orton and Rex Roseman. Who? Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm still saying you're acting like he sucked forever or whatever. All right, I, because he's been I, mediocre I, forever. All right, mediocre admit, quarterbacks can win. I am a little biased towards Rex Grossman. I can't lie. He is a former Gator. Well, oh, he, he, he did get to a Super Bowl. He did get to a Super Bowl. <laughs> Speaking of which, Lovey Smith apparently has a job in college, and I'm just now finding this out. Oh, yeah, well, he went to the party there, Harry. Illinois. <laughs> yeah. I had like, no idea that he was it. in the Big Ten. I, I was I was updating my scorebook for my uh, I was updating my scorebook for my Phil Still book here, and yeah, it said it said Illinois fighting a lion eye coach, Lovey Smith, and I'm like, really? When the hell did that happen? This <laughs> is his second year. So apparently when it comes to the Illinois fight, fighting a lion, I, I need to get it together. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, I and mean, that, another basketball school, so, I mean, come on now. Yeah. Yeah, granted. Long Kruger and friends. All right, let's move on. Steven. Yep. It's time. <laughs> All aboard. <laughs> The lane train. <laughs> Buffalo. The Buffalo Bulls. They lost to the Buffalo Bulls. <laughs> That's a pretty good team. I mean, cool little Matt came out of that team. I mean, you can't, you can't hate on them. Oh, my God. Wait, uh, wait uh, really? Wait, really? Really? Am I hearing you, Steven? Wow. I, yeah, He's trying to use an he's trying to use an Oakland Raider who is on my fantasy football play team as my IDP, I might add, as the justification for Lane Kiffin losing to the Max Buffalo Bulls this season. I'm looking at this now. They only lost by three. It's not like they got blown out. It's still their Buffalo. Only, <laughs> their only win is against FCS Bethune Cookman. And again, this is the MAC, which yeah, they've got schools like Western Michigan and Northern Toledo. Illinois. But I, I but <laughs> yeah, I like how you forgot Toledo there. Yes. Wait, who? Toledo. That team that was beating you at halftime Saturday. Hey, 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 hey! They had one lucky quarter. We win. We got it together. We did our job. Everything is. Culture, all right. It doesn't See, matter how you win to thirty, as long as you win fifty-two to thirty. And I'll say, <laughs> I'm not sure who Florida Atlantic plays this week, but frankly, it, I'm looking forward to the segment next Wednesday. Anyway, it, it, is FAU zero and three now? 
They're one and three. They're winning against oh, okay. Bethune Cookman. And we made oh. fun of Eric for that last week because they beat Bethune Cookman worse than Miami did. How do you let Bethune Cookman? <laughs> oh, it's okay. still it's at it with Bethune so Cookman. So 14? I, I, I feel like we're going to give Eric an aneurysm on this show. <laughs> <laughs> and if anybody ever no, why get inebriated on a regular basis, this is why. No, I'm going to be the one that that gets the aneurysm if the Giants don't get it together already. Like no, I actually almost picked them for get it together, but I have something else planned for them a little bit later in the show. They play Middle can't, can't Tennessee touch, State. Yes. <laughs> Which Why is another team that football could football beat them, by the way. Uh, yeah, yeah, I could see Middle Tennessee State winning that. What What did you just call them, Eric? The Purple Raiders. That was their name. The Blue Raiders. Is that the Blue Raiders? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What is wrong? They were purple. <laughs> what? No, Eric. That's Mount Union. It's blue, purple. It's Middle Tennessee. Does it really matter? <laughs> yes, it does. Because they're going to beat Florida Atlantic. Well, you know, speaking of colors, if the mean green. Beat Florida Atlantic. You're not going to hear the end of it, so I can't wait for that. Hey, congratulations to the Mean Green for picking up a win over UAB. Granted, it's their first season playing football in three years, but hey, a win's a win. Hey, a win. yeah, exactly. We got two wins, not like uh, Florida Atlantic. We have two. <laughs> what I get, I guarantee you, we are the one football podcast who gives the most attention to Conference USA. <laughs> One of my partners from when I was calling Sunbelt games uh, last year went is at North Texas right now. Oh, that's cool. All right, gentlemen, I think it's time to officially move on. Sean, is our sound effect ready? Oh, no, not yet. I'm sorry. I was promised this week. Consider me disappointed, sir. <laughs> you can uh, blame the president uh, on that one. <laughs> uh, it is that time of the show where we say, are you serious? All right, so I'm going to start us off with a doozy, gentlemen. We'll start college this week, as we traditionally do. I got a doozy for you. You know how two weeks ago we were having the discussion as to whether or not Clemson's a national title contender? Don't you dare. Don't. Oh, I know boy. I know. Yeah, I mean, not to say what I think you're gonna say. Not after they go to Blacksburg on Saturday, they won't be. Yeah, way, way to steal my thunder, Harry. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> 27-21, Tech. I don't see that much as an upset. I did uh, have Virginia Tech as one of the best teams in the ACC after last year, I believe. Didn't they play Clemson in the ACC title game last year too? And that was a close. They game. did. That was a very close game. So I have them at the, competing again this year. At the same what? time, though, this is also at the, the same theory the we ran game? into earlier in the year. With, They're in the same it's division. The same theory they can't we ran play in the into earlier. In, uh, it's the same theory we ran into earlier in the year when we had Clemson and Auburn as one of our Are uh, You Serious picks. Vautech is rated lower than Clemson, therefore it is technically an upset. Uh, because you are, you are, you are right. You are right there. You got me there. Yeah, because remember, I said Florida over Tennessee a couple of weeks ago. 
Hey, you were right there. <laughs> yeah, and that yeah, well, and that was twenty three versus twenty four. Chin hair on your chinny chin chin, Brandon. Just saying. <laughs> All right, Stephen, why don't you? <laughs> Eric, would you like to give us your pick? Well, yeah, because I'm about to say, I remember a lot of laughing when I mentioned Syracuse over LSU. Um, that was pretty close, and uh, had a, not a little magic down in the bayou happened in the fourth quarter. Uh, that nearly happened. So, yeah, yeah, just throwing that out in the universe. I And, and I will say, Brandon, you weren't here last week, but me – Steven and Sean all gave him a tremendously difficult time as soon as he said it. Because I thought LSU, I thought LSU was going to beat Syracuse by thirty. Yeah, and Syracuse nearly put up thirty. So, rock on, Orange, rock on. It's like when Harry predicted uh, Wisconsin to beat FAU by like thirty-five. They lost by seventeen. <laughs> One and three with a loss to Buffalo. <laughs> three points loss to Buffalo. <laughs> it's so Buffalo. Three. All right, all right, points. Stephen. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. I love Kevin Falk. Not Kevin Falk. Luke Falk. Washington State will beat the overrated USC Trojans this Saturday. Isn't that game on Friday night? Yes. Yes, it is. Point being, Washington State will beat the overrated USC Trojans. I'm glad nobody's going to look at on Saturday. Well, technically, it'll be Saturday by the time it's over if you're on the East Coast. Maybe yes. Central yeah. as well. So. Right. Well, definitely on the East Coast because I think it's a 1030 start on ESPN. Yes. Uh, yep. Eric, did you actually give another prediction, or did I just completely steal your thunder? Uh, you did, but that's okay, because um, I got another one that... See, I don't think I'm going to get a lot of laughs compared to this one, even though, in a way, I'm kind of going to eat my own logic. You've got... One of those SEC teams that is really trying to be dominant, got a little bit of a reputation, making a little bit of a buzz, and another SEC team that, yeah, they might be having a down year, but is a little bit unpredictable, especially at home. I'm going to ride that wave of unpredictability and say that a couple people are going to be uh, singing Rocky Top come the end of Saturday. Tennessee over Georgia. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I don't see that one at all. Yeah, I don't see that one either. I, I think it'll be a good I think it'll be a good game, but I don't I don't think so. Georgia's looking really good this year. And I say this as somebody who despises the Bulldogs. <laughs> the beating, and I do mean beating, they put on Mississippi State this past Saturday was quite impressive. True. With, I, 
And I nearly picked the Mississippi State as well, but again, something about this one, I it's just one of those where you got that sneaky kind of funny feeling. Again, feel free to use the tape and call me out on this one next week if I'm wrong, but I'm gonna stick with it. Brandon, are you serious? My are you serious for this week? We talked about it earlier. I think the cold streak continues. You're going to love this one, Harry. Wake Forest over Florida State. Ah! Ah! Sorry. Oh I got excited there for a second. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> wow. This is, this is, believe me, this is one I considered pointing out myself. So I'm glad oh somebody actually had the Lavos to say it. I was considering that, picking one be even more ridiculous, but I decided I, against it. I'm telling you right now, that's going to be a draw. I, Sean, I'm going to have to ask you to repeat that. I didn't hear you, sir. That's going to be a draw on the show. No. Oh, me <laughs> screaming like that? Yes. I'm perfectly okay with that, sir. <laughs> well, where is um, another game to keep an eye on. I called them to lose last week. I think they're in even more trouble this week. San Diego State hosts the Northern Illinois Huskies. Seriously, whoever made San Diego State schedule, you suck. I was just going to say, Stanford, Air Force, Northern Illinois, back to back to back. Yeah, you suck. (laughs) This is my other one that I was considering picking. I don't think they'll win, but I think this game will be a lot closer than people are thinking. Troy and LSU. I just, LSU just doesn't seem as strong as they're ranked. I'm actually one of the few people to rank Troy last year in the top 25 back when we were doing it over on the uh, the W2Mnet.com website. I think Troy is a very good program, even though I keep adding the state to them because I'm so used to calling them Troy State for all those years. But those Trojans know what they're doing. They're actually a solid program. I think they'll give LSU a game. I don't think they'll win, though. Yeah. No, they won't. All right, let's move on to our Are You Serious on. NFL prediction. Hold on. Hold on. How are we, like, going off this uh, without saying that Duke could beat Miami on Friday? No, 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 Okay, here's the problem. It's at home in Durham, okay? Here's the problem with me saying that, Sean. Here's the problem with me saying that, Sean. I still need Eric to produce for us, and I feel like he'd quit if we did that. <laughs> Sean, Sean, let's say this right now. We've already had issues with you saying stuff, and it happens before we got on the show, okay? I swear, anything happens, you're just a five-hour drive. I will make that trip. Okay. <laughs> I got nearly a full tank of gas, bro. <laughs> Come over here. We can uh, we can get drunk and and party. Um, okay. with 
without trying to intrude too much here, Eric, how old are you? 31. Eric Watkins, 31, charged with manslaughter after driving to Miami to murder Sean Garmer, owner of W2M Network. <laughs> Although, technically, since he said he was going to drive here on the podcast, I guess that's premeditation, which is murder one. You're straight. <laughs> I, I know I'm a good lawyer. I'd be all right. <laughs> all right, we move on to the NFL predictions here. So wait, is that your official prediction, Sean, for Are You Serious? Yeah. Well, why can't uh, Duke beat Miami? Oh, you have to co-host shows with him this weekend. I feel sorry for you. He's got to co-host a show with me tonight when we're done with this one. <laughs> a- angry Badger is angry. That's all I'm saying. All right, NFL time. Uh, Brandon, you know how you said I was going to like your college one? Yeah. You're going to like my NFL one. The Giants get off the schneid going to Tampa Bay and defeating the Buccaneers. Okay. Yeah, you, you stole my thunder. I was going to say that too, so. <laughs> ha! I stole everybody's predictions. <laughs> uh, also, I'd like to take this time to toot my own horn, horn real quick. Toot, toot. I did call New Orleans over Carolina last week. We we should keep a track of these and like say how many of us get these right each week. Uh, if you would like, I can go back and listen to the end of the old episodes and come up with a running pool for that. I can. Yeah, can let, let's do that. That would be a fun thing to do to see like you know who's winning this. Just because these predictions are meant to be so off the damn wall that you don't expect them to hit, but when they do, you get to talk an incessant amount of crap about it. Exactly. So Brandon's going with the Giants. Brandon's going with the Giants as well, then. Yeah. Steven, that takes me to you. Are you serious? NFL edition. Uh, Sean's going to hate me. I know it already. But I want so bad right now to buy the Rams. So I'm going I'm to actually have to pick two here just because I have to buy the I'm buying the Rams so much this season right now. Rams upset the Cowboys in Dallas. Then you have Sunday night. The Colts are going to Seattle and get a W. Okay. Rams and Cowboys, I would not find that surprising to me. There Some Cowboys fan he is. No here. chance that Indianapolis is going to Seattle and beating the 12th man. Oh, that offensive line might say otherwise in Seattle. And offensive line might say otherwise. Uh, yeah, but and that defensive line six, for six Seattle might tell Jacoby Brissett to sit down a couple Quite a few times. Alright, how how about this then? How about this then, Steven? Not only am I confident that Seattle will win, I'll lay seven on the game too. <laughs> They'll win by at least a touchdown. Oh, we'll see. Alright, Eric, you're up. Are you serious? NFL edition. Uh, you know, I was fully set with one that was very, very intriguing, even though if you look at it, it's going to be a total nightmare. I was tempted to go to another one, but I'm going to go with my gut on this. As we're getting close to Halloween, it will soon be October, there are a couple of teams up in the state of Ohio that love to wear orange and very oh, other festival. Oh, I know. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm saying it. If there was any time this is right for the picking, as much as I want you to go 0-16 Cleveland, you're not going to do it. You're going to beat Cincinnati and continue to put them out of their misery. <laughs> I, I feel like every time Cincinnati loses, Andy Dalton gets brighter. <laughs> Andy Dalton won't, won't be starting if they lose against the Browns really bad. And again, the Bengals happen to be a three-point favorite for this one. So I'm like, okay, all right, Vegas, I see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Sean, do you want to chime in for this? Yeah, sure. You know what? I can't believe they're going to go 0-8 at StubHub Center. Come on, Chargers. You're going to play three in a row in Carson? You got to win this one. Chargers over the Eagles. Of course they're going to go always I could see that one. Center, and that's why they're going to go back to San Diego. Oh, please let that I can't happen. believe the league is really cons- – <laughs> that seemed like such a bogus report. Like, come on now. Well, considering well, it's not the Chargers shouldn't have left to begin with. Like, that, Rivers that, has, like, what, eight kids? I mean, come on. That's just wrong. That, you got that, Antonio Camardia is 14. <laughs> Apparently, he, have, have you guys seen the uh, commercials for his yes. new show on USA? That's going to be awesome. But that that should be a discussion. How long will uh, each L.A. team last in L.A.? Uh, um, the Rams aren't well, going the Rams are going the, the Rams are going back to St. Louis in five years. No, they're the not. Same thing, the same yeah. thing that happened the last time they moved to Los Angeles. They're moving again. But lest we forget the Los Angeles Rams were the Los Angeles Rams from dating all the way back into the 30s when they moved from Cleveland. They were there yeah. for like 60 years the first time. Plus, they still don't Within have the next idea. five years, they're leaving L.A. I have breaking news to end the show, everybody, and it's not sports-related. Hugh Hefner dead at 91. What? Wow. Uh, um, news sad. on the first. Yep. I... Okay, question. question. Uh, who wants to help raise a lead one so that way I can maneuver? To take control of the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> All I have to say about that is he, not Braun Strowman, is the man among men. <laughs> <laughs> oh, read, we know how Harry hates his reference. <laughs> having read some of the horror stories as far as what goes on in that place, I don't know if I can agree with that. Oh, crap, so I'm moving back over to speaker. Hey, right, gentlemen, do we have anything else to state before we get out of here? Yeah, Lawrence Timmons, don't go back to Pittsburgh. You tried once and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all I got to say.
I'm I'm just hoping that both Harry and I are correct and the Giants finally get off the schneid. I'm going to hope for the impossible and that Buffalo can pull off a second miracle victory in a row over Atlanta. You'll notice I did not mention our win over Denver once this week until now. Until now. (laughs) I'm just going to close by saying, Sean, I hope you're wrong. I hope you're wrong. Uh, I kind of hope he's wrong, too, because I repeat, Eric Watkins, 31, charged with manslaughter. (laughs) For our executive producer, Sean Garmer, our sitting-in producer, Eric Watkins, my traditional co-hosts, Stephen Er III and Brandon Biskibing, I'm Harry Broadhurst. You have been listening to the kickoff, episode 404, The White Elephant in the Room, here on the W2M Network. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next week. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.